Hello and welcome to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society, a podcast created to share and celebrate best practice, help others to improve and learn more about the amazing career opportunities within social care. In this episode, Zoe Fry is joined by Caroline Kosh and Samantha Crawley to discuss the similarities between domiciliary and residential care, as well as the opportunities available within the social care sector. Welcome, Samantha and Caroline, um, to this episode of our podcast. Can I start by asking Samantha to, to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your current role? Well, yeah, no problem. I'm Director of Care Quality and Transformation at Excel Care. Um, we've got 32 care homes, uh, kind of built around four different regions. And we also have home care and we do supported living as well in another part of the business as well. So it's quite an expanded uh, service that we offer. My role really is twofold, and it's to ensure that we're, the quality remains and con- continues to develop every single day. So literally just everything that we do, can we do it a bit better tomorrow? That's really, if you think of everything we do, that's what we try and try and achieve. And then the other part of my role is in transformation. Now that is, we've been working a lot on our company culture and on the, the language that we use. We have, uh, we've got, a lot of new systems that we brought in as well but it's ensuring that our values and that system goes through all of those tech systems as well because you can introduce tech but actually lose who you are so that's part of my role as well and my team are are really the people who go out there and work with teams on the ground to really help and support that Um, and we've got in in my team we cover all the dementia strategy the whole lnd strategy i also support with pr marketing also uh, all the quality <laughs> checks, compliance, uh, and uh, kind of like uh, safeguards and complaints as well. And I suppose the thing for me is like today, in it, today now actually, there's a Lessons Learned Lab on, uh, which all of the teams from all of the care homes join. And literally we all learn from what we did yesterday. And yeah, so that's my role really. I would say finding the learning and making sure we all have it every day, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Sounds sounds like an amazing role. Thank you, Samantha. <laughs> and Caroline, can I ask you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your role at the moment? Yeah, so my name's Caroline Kosh and I am Managing Director for Clifton Home Care. And we are a family-run domiciliary care company based on the File Coast in Lancashire. And my role as Managing Director is around quality assurance, um, compliance, policies and procedures, um, complex care planning and complex care reviews, um, because I do have a health background as well, which um, helps in terms of care planning for the clients. And then training, so learning and development for staff, planning or training for the next period of time um, and and looking ahead sort of strategy wise where the business is going and what upskilling we need to do um, to aid the staff to have careers within the sector um, but to upskill them to maximize I suppose the quality of the support that we're providing day to day. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks very much, Caroline. And Samantha, if I if I could if I could come back to you first of all and and ask actually where where did your journey begin within social care? Oh, I won't I won't do an Irish long story because no. you'll be here till tomorrow. But really it started when I was about eight, would you believe? I do Irish dancing, I still do Irish dancing, but I did Irish dancing back then. And um I used to go into care homes to do Irish Amazing. dancing for people. And um honestly, it I just saw how just doing Irish dancing in a care home nearly more than 40 years ago made such a difference in people's lives and um, I really I, I don't know how I knew at that stage that you know if people have really good moments where you talk to them and see them and literally say I see you yeah. that it can change their lives and um, so from that point on I was kind of determined that I was going to do something to, you know, to be part of this amazing, you know, these amazing days. Um, I went on and I worked in a care home in Ireland and then got drafted over to the UK to a mental health hospital because <laughs> they were drafting people in Ireland. Um, so I came over here over 30 years ago to work in a mental health hospital. And I suppose that's where I learned probably what not to do. Okay. Think, but at the time, not wholly knowing that it wasn't the right thing to do. So I think there's a piece there around coming to terms with, 30 years ago how we were versus who we are today um, and then uh, I went out of care altogether and started managing hotels would you believe so I Amazing. opened yeah so I managed a lot of hotels um, I managed a hotel um, in London and learned an awful lot from an operational standpoint from there and um, then got a call one day there was a company coming into the UK who wanted somebody with a care and operational background and I ended up coming back into the care sector 25 years ago um, to do to to run a new care home that was opening, and it's been there ever since. So it's been a, quite an interesting little journey. Fantastic. Um, but I always felt at home in in this sector. Yeah. So Amazing. That's how I ended up where I am. That that that's a wonderful story. And <laughs> if I can just stay with you for 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 a moment, Samantha. And and you mentioned um, doing Irish dancing at, at at the age of eight years old. Do you think there should be more bringing younger people and the community into Absolutely. care homes to, to showcase what social care is all about? I really do. I mean, I was at one of our care homes yesterday where we have a nursery group who come in uh, every twice a week. And they're also pen pals to uh, people who live in the care home. And it's beautiful to watch that these kids were coming in all holding hands, you know, because they're all like four and five and like them running up to people that they know, the residents that they know and hopping on their lap and kind of delighted to see them. You know, it takes that fear away from people around. It's not the, the house on the hill anymore that's outside the village and it's actually somewhere that's integrated into the community. And I think if we can start educating children really early on, then actually they will know more about social care. They will know more about care homes and they'll know they're really great places to be. I mean, my poor kids, my boy, but they grew up in care homes. So, you know, my one of my sons used to call the care home. I worked in the land of everything. Can we go to the land of everything today? <laughs> because it was literally like, you know, that's his second home, essentially, because when you know yourself, so when you run a care home, it becomes all encompassing. So, so I, I think, but I also see that, He's 21 now and his friends also have a great attitude about care and care homes because they've lived, they know them and they know what it can feel like and they know what it's like. So I think bringing the community in, taking away the fear that people have 
of the care sector because people are terrified a lot of the time about this and I think if we can educate children really early on to really understand who we are then we can make a real difference and that obviously then drives into the you know career pathway for, for people in social care so yeah love it fantastic fantastic yeah I think we need to we need to do more of that mm -hmm. and if I can move over to to you Caroline um home care is such a crucial part of social care yes. for, for people who who have no experience of what home care might be are you able to share a, a journey of, of a day a week uh, in home care yeah and and I just I'd like to just um follow on from from Samantha's last answer I mean that's a fabulous answer about involving the community and it is all about I suppose it, two different words normalizing the care sector mm -hmm. and, and and care work but also highlighting it which are two very different words but we yeah. need to highlight the fabulous work that goes on day in day out that is so under recognized yeah um, I just wanted to say that because that was a fabulous answer, Samantha. Um, but yeah, I think one of the key things and, and something Samantha said a minute ago, it, it fits with what I'm about to say. No two days are ever the same. And, and in domiciliary, and we've got, just to give you a bit more context, we, I grew up in, in, in and around a residential setting because my parents owned a rest home. And I grew up with that from being a child and, and, and you know, 24 years of that. So I've seen both hands of social care, the residential side and then the domiciliary side. But in essence, it's care and support. It, you are still providing care and support to people. But what is, is vastly different is the setting so you are going into people's own homes. And I used to remember, and, and there's a place for residential and there's a place for domiciliary, as you've just said. And, and I used to sometimes get a bit demoralized because when people move into residential, they often move in as a last resort or they see it as the last place they're ever going to move to. And you almost start off on a back foot, a bit of a negativity. Um, and as much work as you can do, if you start off on the back foot, you are always going to be playing catch up with that person in domiciliary. And, and, and that said, you know, residential has got its part to play because not everybody is safe at home. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's more reasons for people to go into residential than just safety. But that's a key thing. Um, but when you're caring for people in their own homes, they are generally where they want to be. And they are surrounded often by years of memories, photographs, pictures, ornaments, memorabilia that just brings them so much comfort. And, and we are providing care and support. We might go in in the morning and assist a client to get up out of bed. We might assist them to have a shower. And, and person, personal care is something I want to touch on in a bit. But um, we might assist them to make their breakfast or prepare the, the lunch for later on in the day. There might be domestic chores like putting a wash on or putting the washing out or, you know, things that we do day in, day out in our homes. It is a case of you do so many different tasks so like I say, no two days are different. Lunchtimes, we assist people, obviously, with the lunchtime meals, tea time, same again. It may be moving and handling. It may be transferring. Um, and we also provide complex care. And I think that's one thing I wanted to get across today is if you look back at the history of domiciliary care or care in the community, it was very much a home health role. You would go to the client, you'd get the shopping once a week, you'd go and have a quick brew with them, see you next week. And that was home help or that was a, a community caring role. And it is so different now. Samantha will know this in residential, mm -hmm. but 
you know, we are providing often complex care. We care for a lady with an acquired brain injury. We care for people with Huntington's, with motor neurone disease. We manage peg feeding, complex medication management. So, you know, the, the, it's bordering on nursing care, what, what a lot of our care staff deliver. So the, the packages do vary. We might go to a client once a week for companionship, which is so important to them, you know, to try and reduce the isolation. Um, but then the, the, the other end is the four times a day, two carers each visit for somebody who is maybe at end of life or nearing end of life and, and requiring in, in bed or, or in situ care. Um, and another example I'll give you is, is taking clients out on outings. So today, as we speak, a client, clients are out on a group outing and we do that as well to try and integrate them in the community, although they live in the community. But, you know, going out to see shows or um, go for meals just to try and break that boredom and isolation. Fantastic. No, I, th I think that that's really key. And and as you say, it's so rewarding. No two days are the same. And actually, you care for, for people at different ends of the spectrum. And I think that that's quite important to mention. Um, you're both obviously very, very senior with it, within your organisations. Um, and, and Caroline, you said your, your clinical experience in the past, mm. um, you know, leads you to be able to do really good care planning, mm. etc. Um, but, but Samantha, could I ask you, first of all, um, obviously social care there are jobs for everyone um whether whether you're clinical non-clinical as caroline was just saying you know going in for companionship um can you tell me a bit about the different roles that that people might be interested in and maybe people who aren't very academic and and would love to work in social care definitely well, the way i the way i see a care home is like the way the community runs it needs every aspects in a community and the care home is just the same so we need people who are going to support with maintenance we need people who are going to help in the kitchen we need people who are going to help clean we need reception we need admin we need everything that you would need to run your local community we need in a care home so there's not actually any real job that you think about in a local community that we don't need so think, even think about your local shops We've got people who volunteer and run our shops for us. We've got people who come in after school and help kind of support running our shops that happen in our care homes. So literally everything. And, you know, Caroline, you were just talking about going out into the community with your the clients that you have. You know, again, that's something that we do in care homes all the time. So, so I think what I would say to somebody who's, you know, who's thinking about social care or that I wouldn't be able to be in it, well, if you want to do anything clinical of course you've got a whole career pathway from starting off as a care assistant all the way through to a nurse director and beyond you can run the company you know that that is there and if you haven't if you don't want to go a clinical background there's also a full career pathway so start off if you're washing the dishes in the kitchen you can still be the ceo in, a, in care which doesn't happen in an awful lot of sectors you know that actually you can literally be taught and learn how to actually be the next stage of your career all the way through and there's not a whole lot of career pathways out there that can take somebody from there to there i mean if, if you take excel care sam manning who's the coo at excel she started off as an administrator in excel care and now is the coo there's not a whole lot of other sectors as you can say i can start here and and do this 
social care is one of the most inclusive sectors. And I think because we understand um, people who've got different needs, we understand people who live, have dyslexia, who have autism, who live with autism, who, who need that extra support, there's actually so much that actually anybody can have a career in social care, but you have to have a heart Absolutely. and you have to have emotional intelligence. And actually the intellect is often seen as the key measure in life. Actually, where it's actually emotional intelligence is the key one. And that's what we measure. So we don't measure whether or not you got GCSEs or whether you have A-levels, but we do measure how you'll respond to the person who says, I need help. And if you can't walk by that person, you're perfect for social care. Yes, that, that's amazing. Thank, thank you for that, Samantha. And, um, and I think on the back of that, I, I, I love the word emotional intelligence. I think that's, I think that's absolutely perfect. Um, Caroline, for people maybe coming into home care who, who are concerned that they haven't done it before, um, they might be thinking, you know, how am I going to be inducted properly? You know, how am I going to learn what I'm doing because we're in people's homes? Can you just tell us a bit about that process and how people would be supported if they have, have never worked in care before? Yeah, you are right. I mean, there are so many boundaries to, to social care as a whole, but, but domiciliary, because you are often lone working and, and like you say, out in people's homes. Um, I mean, I think the first thing people need to do if they're looking for a, a career in social care is go and speak to um, prospective employers, um, those people who are recruiting, and ask what does that induction process look like? What training will I receive? How will I receive the training? Is it... Um, e-learning for example um you know sort of ticking the boxes or is it face-to-face -face delivery um what does the career pathway look like is there a career pathway because you know a good social care provider will be looking at this now the journey ahead for like samantha said that person started in the kitchen or that young carer that or, or older carer for that matter that that, that joins an organization not having any care experience before what does that journey look look like for me? And a bit like Samantha said, you know, not everybody wants to progress to that CEO, CEO position. Some people want to join social care for the true rewarding job it is, and, and they want to come to work, thoroughly enjoy that and do and go home. And that is absolutely fine. And we recognize that. But equally, we do have that career pathway in place. Um, and our, our staff are supported by mentors within the team. So they start, they, they join they, they, they receive their induction training, they go out and, and complete two to four weeks minimum of shadowing time. So they're not just thrown out there, you know, a day of training, there's your uniform, go and get on with it. They've got two to four weeks of shadowing time. And if we need to, we will extend that. But obviously, we've, we've got to come to a line where, okay, you know, that shadowing time has now finished. Um, and equally, we try and put pe newer people onto a double type um, run as such mm -hmm. so they're working with somebody else or the majority of the time they're with another carer and they learn so much from that and they gain a lot of confidence and then the mentors sort of pick up with them um, they start having the meetings with them they look at okay where are you at where are you lacking confidence where are the strengths and weaknesses how can we support you going forwards and then the senior team obviously they, they look after that person as well because they're all assigned um, team members um, and and you know, okay, we talk about an open door policy, don't we? You can't always off, op, have a physically open door because of confidentiality. But we try and keep that, that there's always somebody 
whether it not be me or the registered manager, but somebody they can come to to say, look, I'm struggling. Can I have help? Fantastic. No, that, that, that's really reassuring, Caroline. And can I ask you what one highlight in your social care career um, would be that you would like to share? Oh, one highlight in my career. Now, that's a very hard question. Yeah. I, and I, I'm going I, to be asking you, Samantha, too. So you've got a couple of minutes, Samantha. I really, I really want, because there are so many. Um, and we could say, you know, I enjoy meeting people. We could say I enjoy making people smile. I enjoy caring for people. But that wouldn't be it. Um, we have, okay, okay. So one of my, probably one of one of my best triumphs was a, a, a gentleman wanted his wife home um, to care for her. Um, she was in a, a nursing establishment and he wanted her at home. She um, had uh, end-stage Parkinson's disease and um, was pretty much bed-bound. Um, we went through that journey with him from bringing her out of the nursing home which was quite complicated, um, the, the process of that, but getting her home and she remained at home for probably about two and a half to three years before she passed away. And we supported not only her, but her husband, her family, and we cared for her day in, day out for that period of time. And the rapport and relationship we built with the family, which we do day in, day out, but that would be one example. And him saying to us after she she died you know that that's always sad when you lose a client um but thank you so much because without you I wouldn't have had that precious time yeah and that's, that's really important yeah that, that's amazing and you must be so so proud of what you do and your team as well thank thank you for sharing that um Caroline can I can I ask you the same question Samantha yeah but it's a very hard question sorry <laughs> <laughs> Even with two minutes to think yeah. about, I've got all of these things going through my head. But these are this. I think I, I just I, I'm going to split it into two, if you don't mind, because I'm going to do around team members, and then I'm going to do around um, people who I've supported over the years. Um, but I I remember the first lady um, I ever supported in a care home all those years ago, and I remember she was dying of cancer, and it was, I was working in a place that was very regimented very regimented they were they were just kind of like we we toilet people and we do this this is 30 odd years ago by the way so it's a long time ago yeah but um this lady actually drove a truck through the battle of the somme that's how strong this woman was like wow. she was 90 odd years of age and i remember looking at her thinking you are the most amazing being i have ever known in my whole life and i remember that she she was passing away and she didn't she had no family and I stayed the night beside her and she passed away. And I suppose we held hands and the, everyone thought I was a bit weird at the time because it wasn't quite what you did back then. But we held hands and she passed away. And I remember always being very clear, like I was quite young and I was quite clear that this is the way people need to pass away. They need to always hold someone's hand. And through COVID, I live that you know you have to hold someone's hand be with them make sure someone's holding their hand so I suppose for me there's been lots of Mrs Pellews that was her name over the years but that was the one that I thought that cemented that belief in me that that always had to happen um, and then from a team member perspective I think the first team member who came in 
as a as somebody who said that they wanted to volunteer because they 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 got kicked out of school because <laughs> she, she was she was she I saw a lot of myself in her to be fair and um she'd got kicked out of school and her mother said she had to do something so she was doing a bit of volunteering then she got on to uh, our program she kept became a HCA that woman is now an operations director wow. and and this the, this lady who uh, everyone I said, oh, she'll ne- you know the school that you'll never amount to anything, you're you know, and yet she found her home in social care, and she's amazing, and she brings people through amazingly now. So there'd be the two things really. So yeah, that I would Fantastic. take. Yeah. Oh, I think that that's amazing, and and I think it is such an honor, isn't it, looking after somebody yeah. at the end end of their life. Um, thank thank you both for sharing and if I could ask you a a final question if there was one reason why you would encourage people to come into social care what would be that one reason and can I start by asking you Caroline I'm going to go back to the fact it is such an incredibly rewarding career you help other people whether that be a client their family members team members you help people every single day and you help people live a life of quality in a place they want to be um and to compare that to stacking boxes (laughs) stacking tins filing in an office i just think that um brings so many people so much joy the caregivers the people receiving the care and we're, we're all going to rely on social care at some point in our lives, whether that be for ourselves or our loved ones. And we, um, we need to give care staff, um, care providers, the respect that everybody in this sector truly deserves. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. And Samantha, could I ask you the same question? Yes. I like your question, Zoe. There. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I suppose for me, social care is a place where you can belong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Caroline just said it's not stacking boxes, but it's more, it's so much more. So it's a place where people can truly belong. Somebody who's full of tattoos, who's been a mechanic, the, you know, somebody who has been a tattoo artist. You know, we've got a, a tattoo artist who took, took on a role with us during COVID. And oh, she's been absolutely brilliant. We've got a couple of transgender people who live in our care homes and she's been able to really help them learn about their makeup and everything. She's so, you know, so it, it doesn't matter where you're from, you can belong. And that's yeah. really, really, I think key because we are non-judgmental and we are understanding. So I think for me, it, 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 it's a sector that will embrace you and not kill you. And for me, that's what social care is about. And that's why I would say, come here don't don't go packing boxes it will kill your soul <laughs> fantastic i i'd like to say a huge thank you for for what you both do in social care thank you caroline thank you samantha thanks zoe thank you the outstanding society is a community interest company it's free to join and is open to everyone you don't need to have an outstanding rating to be a member